Hello, and welcome back to I'm Glad You Asked. Today we'll be looking at a moment in American history, and if you stay with me, you're going to hear a fascinating story. On May 10th, 1849, somewhere around 30 New York civilians were killed in a riot that involved some 10,000 people. About 50 rioters were injured in the action, and an estimated 200 police and militiamen were also injured. The cause of the riot? Shakespeare. How was Shakespeare the cause of the bloodiest, deadliest military action against civilians since the Revolutionary War? I'm glad you asked. Many of you out there have seen Martin Scorsese's film Gangs of New York, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Daniel Day-Lewis, and Cameron Diaz. That film mainly takes place in the 1860s, though the inciting incident takes place 16 years earlier, but the social fabric of the city was largely the same. It may be hard for you folks to believe now, but as much as the city was divided along nativist, which ironically included the Irish, factions, and the more aristocratic upper-class Anglophiles, so was America eager to establish itself as its own literary power. Uh, speaking of America becoming a literary power in its own right, Mark Twain would have been 13 and a half years old at the time of the riot. At that time in his life, he would have been a printer's apprentice in Hannibal, Missouri. He would publish The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn 35 years later in 1884. We're going to return to that a little bit later in the broadcast. But what I'm getting at here is just that as the United States had sought to secure its political independence from Britain with the surrender of the British at Yorktown, Virginia in 1781, and then continued that process following the Treaty of Ghent in 1815, America was eager to show itself as culturally independent from Britain as well. The War of 1812 was often referred to as the Second Revolutionary War, so perhaps it would be better to see the Revolutionary War as beginning in 1775, pausing for a few decades, and then finally ending in 1815. The riots over Shakespeare happened only 34 years later than that, and here's how all these facts are connected up. Two rival Shakespeare troops were holding productions of, well, I'm not supposed to say the name of the play. I will have to say it and perform cleansing rituals later. Before I do that, you should note that one of the reasons, for there are several, but one of the reasons that this play is considered unlucky is the story I'm going to tell you. The other reasons have to do with there's magic in the piece, and it's sort of dark magic. But in any case, some of you have already guessed which play of which I am speaking. And that play, of course, is Macbeth. Pooey! And I've just spun around three times to ward off the curse. William Charles MacReady, an English actor and darling of the American aristocracy and Anglophile faction, people who love England, headed up one of the troops. At that time, American theaters were largely dominated by English troops and actors. Uh, it's worth noting at this juncture that Our American Cousin, which was the play President Lincoln was attending when he was assassinated, was an English play about an uncultured, rustic American who goes to England to meet his aristocratic English relatives and claim the family estate. That play debuted in 1858, which would have been only nine years after the Shakespeare riots. Anyway... MacReady was the English Macbeth, the character, not the name of the play. 
An American named Edwin Forrest was the darling of the nativist and working class in the United States, and he and MacReady had a long-running and rather bitter rivalry about which one was the better thespian. They concentrated their rivalry in their depictions of various Shakespearean characters. Actually, Shakespeare was incredibly popular among all classes of Americans at that time. Even during the California Gold Rush of 1849, the same year as these Shakespeare riots, hard-bitten prospectors would amuse themselves around campfires reciting Shakespeare to one another. The bard was then, as he was in his time and continues to be, popular across all social classes. Cultural possession of Shakespeare was incredibly in dispute. There can be no doubt that Shakespeare was born English, but hundreds of years after his death, Americans were eager to claim him in spirit, as it were. The common refrain among nativists was that Shakespeare might have been born English, but he would have been an American at heart. It is in this milieu, that's a great word, maybe I'll have to do that one later, that Shakespeare riots happened more commonly termed the Astor Place Riots, after the name of the theater around which the disturbance was centered, the riots began on May 7th, when MacReady, that's the English actor, don't forget, was performing Macbeth at the Astor Place Theater. Forest supporters, he was the American actor, bought hundreds of tickets and disrupted the performance by throwing all manner of things, rotten food, which included eggs, pieces of the theater itself, and generally heckling the actors. Meanwhile, Forrest's performance on the same day in another part of New York was receiving fanatical support from his base. MacReady, that's the Englishman, planned on leaving America and going back to England rather than continue his theatrical run, but he was convinced to stay and continue his performances. Among the upper-class American Anglophiles who wrote letters imploring him to stay were Herman Melville and Washington Irving. Melville, as you remember, wrote Moby Dick, which was published in 1851, two years later. I suspect he must have been writing that novel at that time, because we have a letter from Melville from May of 1950, which would have been exactly one year after the riots, saying he was halfway done with the novel. Anyway, at least partially because of a letter written to him by Melville, MacReady decided to stay in the United States and continue performing. In those three days between May 7th and May 10th, preparations on both sides were being made. The city's police chief, George Washington Matzell, now that's a name, informed the mayor, Caleb Woodhull, who by the way was a Whig, noted at the time for opposing President Jackson's ideology of Indian removal and genocide, as well as the Manifest Destiny ideology of expansion, informed him of the inadequacy of law enforcement's numbers to quell an upcoming riot. Woodhull, the mayor, enlisted the militia, which we now call the National Guard, including mounted troops and even artillery. Several hundred police and military were deployed around the theater in readiness for the upcoming civil disturbance. Meanwhile, on the side supporting the American actor Forrest, Tammany Hall organizers had built up their own version of their own militia. Their nativist group was organized to cause massive damage to the city and to private property centered around the Astor Place Theater. 
The riot began during McReady's performance, and when the militia was finally called out, over 10,000 civilians were in the streets causing havoc. The rioters attempted to burn down the Astor Place Theater, but they didn't manage that feat. Soldiers warned rioters that they would use deadly force, even going so far as to fire into the air, but their warnings were unheeded. The soldiers fired into the crowd, killing dozens. In the aftermath of the riot, the class distinctions that had been a major driver of the disturbance caused the theater, and especially Shakespeare, to deepen the divisions, that is. In a final cruel irony, Shakespeare slowly left the sphere of the working class and became known only as a highbrow entertainment suited for the upper class only. I would submit that we still maintain the sad distinction even today. Think of it. Don't we think of Shakespeare as the province of the upper class, the snooty and the aristocratic? The working man doesn't feel Shakespeare's for him. That's for egghead professors and literary snobs. Now, if we return to Mark Twain, a man about whom Ernest Hemingway would later write that all modern American literature comes from one book by Mark Twain called Huckleberry Finn, I could make a case that it is he who is the American Shakespeare. Twain's healthy disdain for the aristocracy and especially European kings and queens runs through his oeuvre, ooh, another great word, along with his championing of the American way of speaking. That's among his most contribu important contributions to the American literature as a whole. If there's going to be someone in American culture who's going to be able to bridge the gap between the classes, it's surely he. To sum up, the Shakespeare riots might have been about class distinction and the role of America in the worldwide cultural landscape, but the influence of the bard, and indeed of writing and literature itself, cannot be overstated. People took their Shakespeare seriously back then, enough to die and kill for. I, of course, don't condone violence, but I can't help a part of me from admiring how fiercely Americans defended their own version of Shakespeare. Obviously, there were many causes of the riot, but if one had to pick a single one, I think the Bard of Avon himself said it best, the play's the thing.